Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies? Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. You know what you're getting when you listen to my show? You're getting real, raw, authentic, uncut, un-PC bullcrap. You're getting nothing but the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. Everybody that watch my show or listen to my show on the radio knows that I am a conservative. Um, I am pro-Donald Trump. I'm a former police officer, and we know how it goes. So I want to do something different this week, and I know y'all going to enjoy this. I don't have two guests come on, right? And one of them is considered to be a New York liberal. And then y'all know Adrian Norman. He comes on all the time. He's a conservative, an author. Let me uh, – I'm going to say a few things about Kobe. I'll say a few things about the impeachment real quick, and then I'm going to bring my two guests on. I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to say their names, all of the above. So I want to start by uh, just giving a quick RIP to Kobe Bryant, man. It was very sad. The situation. I mean, I'm watching in the studio that TV's on right now, still talking about Kobe. I see Kobe uh, tribute videos and pictures of him and his daughter everywhere on social media. I'm just, I just have to say, some people have different opinions about Kobe Bryant. Some of them want to hold on to things that he done in the past. Hey, that's on you. Let me say this: I'm not more outraged than the people that were actually involved. I think his wife forgave him. The young lady who took the money uh, instead of sending him to jail. I, I didn't. I haven't heard her make a statement against him yet. So. I'm not more outraged than people who were involved. I think Kobe Bryant overall, he he seemed to be a good guy. He seemed to be very ins- inspirational. And if you can tell, all these people are, are supporting him in his death. He had to have a level of impact that's, that, in my opinion, that's great. Donald Trump. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Y'all know I'm a, I'm a Trump, 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 Trump guy. Um, I think Donald Trump is probably one of the greatest presidents that we've ever had. He's accomplished more than a lot of people, and he's not even a politician. And a lot of people hate him. And to be honest, I I can see why people don't like how he talks or maybe not like some of the things he tweet. But his accomplishments speaks for themselves. And I think he's doing a good job. This impeachment thing is a a complete hoax, in my personal opinion. It's not doing anything positive for the Democratic Party. They're going to lose landslide because of this, because they don't have anything sustainable to actually get him convicted on where he would be removed from office and not eligible or even not eligible to run for president in 2020. Have you seen his rallies? Okay. That, I think it speaks for itself. So without further ado, I have two guests in the studio, Adrian Norman. He's an author, the art of the steel. I got my copy. You need to get your copy. I'll let Adrian tell you where you can get it at, but it's a it, pretty much his book is about uh, how the elections are being stolen, manipulated, cheated, and it's, it comes out in perfect timing because of our election season. And I, I wonder how much of uh, we're going to see uh, some fraudulent behavior. And David Panzarella is a uh, 30-year trial lawyer, plaintiff, and defense. He considered himself a New York liberal. I don't think he's we, – we talked a little bit before the show. He's not the far-left lunatic. I think he's more reasonable. I think that we have a lot in common. Um, but we'll, we'll let them chat. Hey, you know, I want them to chat about a few things so you guys can hear from two perspectives. So I'm going to start with you, Adrian. Adrian, do you support the president of the United States of America and why? Real quick. Thanks for having me on, B. Um, yeah, I absolutely do support the president. Um, it's kind of a broad question as far as why, but I mean, he, he so far he's he's done a really good job of, of living – of. Uh, Let's say keeping all of his campaign promises, you know, there's a lot that he's accomplished in his first three years. This is even in the face of the the resist movement. 
in the face of all this obstruction from Congress. I know that they say he obstructed Congress, but there's been uh, a lot of backlash against his administration and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, I can't think of the words I'm trying to use, but uh, I want I want to step in, but I'm trying to be impartial. (laughs) I want to step in and go crazy. But but I'll I'll take I'll take I'll take uh, what you said. I want to get to David because people don't get a chance to hear the other side on my show because I'm just Trump, Trump, Trump all day. So, David, do you support the president of the United States of America, Donald Trump? If you do, if you don't, tell me and why. Uh, support is is a it is. Would you would you vote for him? No. Okay. No. Um, so come twenty twenty, or I I would not vote for him. No. And I I struggle with who else I'm you know who I would vote for. Of course, on the Democratic side, but I I wouldn't I I wouldn't want that part of my legacy of voting for Donald Trump for a second term. So is it is it because of his behaviors, like what he does, or is it the policies, or is it a combination of both? It's all of it. All it's of all it. of it. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I grew up on Long Island, and I grew up about about 20 minutes from where Donald Trump grew up. He grew up in Jamaica States. I grew up in the five towns. And I, I would never have thought, being a New York um, Manhattan developer, I would never have thought that he would have gone um, so right. Right. Because mm-hmm. I always considered, like a Bloomberg a Republican New Yorker is kind of like a Democrat. It's kind of like a liberal anywhere else in the country. Yeah. So it surprised me that he ended up being sort of that Fox News guy. And, you know, a lot of a lot of folks struggle with their parents being Fox News people. <laughs> and they and then they I know this sounds bad. They end up losing their dad. I did. You lose your dad. And your Fox son's News. a Fox News kid, right? Huh? Jack is. Yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 So so let, let, let's let, let me narrate this because y'all just, if y'all don't yeah. know just wanted to uh, you know I, I just, brought these two on because they literally do knock down drag out debates and cordial debates but I want to bring them on because I want them to talk about a few things so let's 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 talk about this for 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 a, an example okay President Trump I personally believe that he is the the most pro American president and he is also ha- has built the economy to a place of success for business owners and the like. So his, his economic success, I'm not, I'm not talking about the debt. I'm talking about the economic success with, uh, you know, cutting taxes and regulations and things like that. So Adrian, do you think that the president of the United States is helping this country move forward um, when it comes to economic success for all Americans? Well, yeah, I think the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, we have uh, millions of jobs that have been new created, uh, have been created, uh, you have President Obama, you know, on the way out, essentially saying about the manufacturing jobs, you know, what magic wand does this guy have to bring all these jobs back? Lo and behold, they've been produced. Um, so his economic track record is is extremely lengthy in terms of um, how beneficial it's been for the country. As far as the GOP tax cuts, you know, Republicans are fiscal conservatives when Democrats are in power. Right. <laughs> right. The tax cuts were good. We, we saw a lot of results with uh, companies doing new hiring companies voluntarily raising their minimum wage up to a $15 an hour rate because of the GOP tax cuts. Now, the problem is the Congress didn't also cut spending. So we're going to continue to see massive deficits in that regard. But um, economically, the country is a lot more sound now fiscally. Uh, Well, 
the individuals, I'll, I'll say not not the country in terms of debt and deficit, but individual Americans in terms of the the uh, their four hundred one ks, in terms of their wages, they're, they're a lot better off now than most people were before President Trump took office. Right. So, David, let me get to you. Um, are you better off now than you were before President Trump got in office? No. You're not better off now. What, what do you disagree with on his uh, policies of economic success? Do you believe he even have any economic success? Well, and Adrian and I do this all the time. Uh, to me, uh, Barack Obama saved this country from a near depression. And uh, no president ever walked into the White House with the challenges uh, that Barack Obama did. So the idea that we uh, bailed out Wall Street, which was a Bush and Obama policy, right? Bailed out Wall Street. And why? Well, of course, why is that this country is never going to rebuild until Wall Street is satisfied, right? So there's, the only way that's going to happen is you, con- you concede and you make concessions to Wall Street. And so what happened? So well, the uh, stock market goes to, I mean, was improving, of course, through uh, Obama. And then Obama uh, set the economy in place so that here's Donald Trump walks in and, go- and takes all the credit. So, tr- so you're saying that Obama should have the credit for the successes of our country economically right now? Of course. Should he should he also take responsibility for the debt? Well, his debt, uh, bailing this country out and, and through the Depression, he had to do what he had to do, just like Bush had to do what they had to do. So he did what he needed to do, and he brought this country, I mean, we were in dire straits. I mean, it was... We were in tough shape. And here he is for eight years, every year creating jobs, every year creating. <laughs> Age <Agents> is laughing. <laughs> the, stock, the stock market getting better and better and better. And then he hands it over. He hands it over to Trump. And then Trump takes all the credit by reducing taxes for the rich. Okay. Okay. I that, see both. I see both sides. Let me make an that's opinion. That's just not entirely true. Though. Well, look, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that. We got about a minute and a half before we have to go to the next, uh, till we, till we go to break. Y'all make sure y'all call in. I, I want people to call in in the fourth segment. You'll be able to, um, address a question to anybody that's sitting in this studio right now. It's, uh, 602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. Y'all make sure y'all call in the fourth segment. About 640 is around the time to call in. I, let me give my opinion on that. I got one minute. Um, I think that President Trump, the difference making is that he cut a tremendous amount of regulations. Um, he also cut taxes, which stimulated drop, drop growth. And many people that I've spoken to said that they're better off now than they were before. A lot of business owners, and I met a guy in first class just last week, said he, he hate Trump. But he is better and profiting more now than ever before. Our GDP is out of control. It's high. The stock market breaking records. President Barack Obama said, does he have a magic wand? We'll never see a a GDP above 2%, 1% or whatever is the new normal. So that's just my take on it. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more social issues as it relates to police brutality and all of the above. You're listening to The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. Stay tuned. Hold the phone. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show. Hey, make sure you call in in our last segment at about 640. 
602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. I got David um, Penzarella. I think I said it right. Yeah. Penzarella in the studio. And I also have my, my good friend, uh, Adrian Norman, in the studio. Adrian is the author of Art of the Steel. He'll, I'll have him tell you. I, I won't forget. I'll have him tell you guys where to get it. T- tell him where to get the book at, Adrian. Amazon. Amazon. Go to Amazon. Put Art of the Steel. Art of the Steel, like stealing elections. And that's pretty much what it's all about. Um, so let's get back into it. If you guys are listening to the first segment, uh, we are, if you missed the first segment, you're just now joining in. We are having a, a liberal and a conservative perspective. Obviously, Adrian represents the conservative. David represents the New York liberal, not the far left Green New Deal type liberal that we see today. And we just I just want them on so people can hear a different perspective. So let's finish talking about Trump. Impeachment, 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 impeachment. So let me say two questions, and I'm going to pose it to both of you guys. Two questions. So is this impeachment hearing in the Senate benefiting the Democrats or hurting the Democrats? And then is this a fair trial or not? Adrian, is this answer that question for me? Look, impeachment's been an unmitigated disaster for Democrats. You can see it in the polling numbers. Even throughout the process, support for the president actually increased. Support peeled away from uh, in terms of moderate support. You know, he picked up a lot of moderates. He actually picked up some Democrats as well because of how garbage of a process this was from start to finish that the House ran and then passed it off to the Senate and tried to dictate to the Senate how they needed to conduct the trial, et cetera. During the um, the uh, inquiry, you know, Team Trump wasn't able to have their own witnesses. You know, the Democrats talk about they want to have witnesses in the Senate, but they didn't allow due process for the president's team during the inquiry. So the conflict. So the conflict now. Uh, so you, you, you're on the side, obviously, as a conservative, you believe this is pretty much a hoax and it's, it's doing the, the Democrats no benefit. But the, what about the, the, the witnesses? Right. What about the witnesses that they are saying that they're not getting? Therefore, it's not a fair process in the Senate. What you say, Adrian? Well, I mean, both sides were OK with witnesses. It's just that Democrats were not Democrats wanted to call witnesses. Republicans would never agree to and vice versa. You know, this, in, in the, the talking point this week, documents and witnesses, documents and witnesses. But again, during the House inquiry, which is where they're assembling their case that they're going to pass off to the Senate. The Senate is supposed to just evaluate and adjudicate what the House submits, not retry it. During the House process, they interviewed 18 witnesses. They had 192 witness statements and 25,000 documents. So to sit back and say that there were no documents and no witnesses and this was an unfair process is just an outright lie. So, David, you, you are uh, you know lawyer for 30-year 30, 30 trial lawyer, so you know how these processes work. Uh what is your take on this impeachment? How does it benefit or as a detriment to the Democratic Party? And is it a fair process in the Senate? Well, when it comes to um, how it affects the Democratic Party in the upcoming election, um, I don't have a big opinion on it. It, it, it strikes me that um, it, it doesn't help uh, the Democrats politically. Uh, and, and it might well be that his uh, polling numbers have gone up, uh, Trump. Not unlike uh, Clinton and his favorability, but that was second term. Um, but I do believe that, you know, if you go back to Clinton, I do believe Gore lost because of the moral values uh, vote um, against uh, because it was um, it was a it was a backlash from the Clinton um, impeachment. impeachment. Yeah. Yeah. So is it a fair is this a fair process? They say they need they need uh, this is my perception perception on it. They say that they need to have witnesses and that it's not a fair trial. But I thought 
that the House of Representatives were supposed to present the articles of impeachment with all of the evidence that they had. They presented to the Senate to go to trial, not to relitigate or try to find more evidence. It's a trial setting. Is it is it similar to a prosecution taking a case to court, already having their ducks aligned before they go to court to proceed? Yeah. Well, it to me, the whole thing is honestly, it's silly. Um, the idea First of all, when you're talking about the House um, impeachment and, and his his folks actually testified live uh, under oath, that's Sondland and and the, uh, you know, the ambassador. And those were all folks that, you know, you would think they would be testifying in a way that would help his um, um, his argument. They didn't. So now you get to the now you get to the Senate. And of and of course, of course, witnesses are, are important for. Um, any kind of trial and the fact that there are no witnesses. And, of course, everybody wants to hear from John Bolton. But again, 30 seconds. Agent, so, agent, 30 seconds. Go. I got you. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yes, there was witness testimony from the Trump side. But you mentioned Sondland. So Sondland was the only fact witness. That's what's important to keep in mind during this process. A lot of the people that were trotted out they were hearsay witnesses. They didn't have firsthand accounts. Sondland was the only firsthand witness, and Sondland explicitly stated, not not talking about his opening statement, but when press, he explicitly stated that the president said that he wanted there to be no quid pro quo. The president's exact words. Do you know why he said that? Do you know why he said no quid pro quo? Because Rudy Giuliani is in his ears, a, a lawyer, Rudy Giuliani's in his ears, saying, hey, this is the phone call we're going to make. And the most important thing is not to say it's in exchange for aid. Okay, so the Sondland was not a helpful witness at all. I well, mean, he let me, let me jump in on this. I, I, when I heard Sondland, he, he said there was no quid pro quo. And the reason why Trump is being impeached, because explicitly they use the word quid pro quo. So their own witness said that Trump did not. It, uh, it was not involved in a quid pro quo. So how, how is it? This is the thing that gets me. How do they change terminology as they go? They said specifically quid pro quo. That's why he's getting impeached. He used his abused his power. And then once someone pretty much takes out the term quid pro quo, now they use other terms to try to impeach him. Right. It, 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 it makes no sense to use those terms to impeach him and then change him up. Brandon, uh, there was no quid pro quo phone call to Sunland came out only after the whistleblower spilled the beans. And now it's backtracking. Now you have to. You have to go back. All right. So we heard from David. We heard from Adrian Norman. Adrian got a lot to say, man. I wish we had more time. Listen, y'all, make sure y'all call in at 640, which is our fourth segment. 602-277-KTAR. 602-277-KTAR. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show on... KTAR 92.3. I'll see y'all after the break. Hold the phone. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum show is on KTAR News 92.3 FM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Quick shout out to uh, the family of, of uh, I was going to say LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. 
you know he he was a, he was a pretty cool guy, man. I, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but he he done a lot. He's done a lot of great things. The team that he was coaching and and pretty much co-founded that his daughter was on was was pretty significant. So let's get back into this debate, right? We got David. We got I'm, I'm gonna say his whole name just in case y'all want to look him up. <laughs> we got we got David Panzarella. We also have uh, Adrian Norman in the studio. Adrian has a book out called Art of the Steel. Go look it up on Amazon. Search Art of the Steel. It's about election fraud and all of the above that we know is going on, but people want to act like it don't. It, it's not occurring make sure y'all call in in the fourth segment it's actually the next segment at 641 is right around the time we're in our fourth segment 602-277-KTAR 602-277-KTAR um in our last segment we were talking about impeachment what it means for the democrats you know did trump really take a loss you know i I, let me say adrian who's going to win 2020 election just real quick one answer i mean if i had to put money on it all money suggests that President Trump is going to win in the landslide, possibly even taking the state of California. So he's, you think he's going to get every state except what? Washington State? No, I didn't Oregon. say I think. I said I would put my money on President Trump winning. Um, the polls that I'm seeing, the data that I'm seeing suggest that he's going to win in the landslide. And I've seen some other prognosticators <laughs> suggest that he may even pick up some 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 blue states, possibly including the state of California. David, who do you think going to win 2020? If I'm putting money on it too, let's get your mic on. You got it. Good to go. If uh, I'm I'm betting money on it, I'd probably say Donald Trump. Landslide or barely? Barely. I'm interested. Why? Um, it, it's just like the last election. Uh, the Democrats don't have a great candidate, and they don't in this case. That's all. Coming from a New York liberal, I like yeah. that. I like that. See, you, 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 we can agree on that. I would say this. I think President Trump, in my personal opinion, I think President Trump is a great president. He's the most pro-American president, the most pro-God president. Uh, he's the most pro-constitutional. Well, I didn't say constitutional. In my lifetime, out of Obama and Trump, I think Trump is more of the pro-constitutional president. He wants us to have secure borders. He wants us to have our Second Amendment rights, our First Amendment rights. I mean, President Trump fights for churches. He fights for God to be in schools, for you to be able to pray. I mean, all of the above. The Democrats, they don't have nothing to offer. I mean, who Bernie, the socialist? I mean, Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to tell you this. This is what makes me mad. This is, what, this is what ticks me off to no end. They talk about that they are the party of inclusion, yet all of their candidates are white. Rich, old, white. Now, I don't care. American is American. If you're effective, you're effective. I don't care what color. You could be pink. But the fact of the matter is they go on identity politics and then look at what they're presenting. Here's the thing. Another thing that makes me mad as a black man in America. And I'm American first, but I happen to be an American of African descent. They have claimed to be the champions of black people and black people vote for them at 90 plus percent. And they have the nerve to get on a debate stage and say, we're going to give reparations to illegal immigrants. We are going to give free health care to illegal, illegal immigrants. We want to give them free education. We want to give them stipends. We want, we want to give them asylum to people who are over here illegally. Not people who are refugees. Not people who come here illegally, have a, a legit asylum claim. But they ain't done that not one time have they done something for black people. Not one time. And that's what, I don't know, that's what bothers me uh, the most. Let me say this. I'm going to pose this question to you guys because we got calls in the next segment. This will be a short segment. 
again, y'all make sure y'all call in 602-277-KTAR. Adrian, you wanted to um, get a, re- you know, have a, a adequate rebuttal about the economy, about that the Democrats or Barack Obama kind of led his economy into our success today. You disagree with that. What, w- what was your rebuttal that you wanted to, to make in the first segment? So, yeah, the, the, the assertion was that it's something that we hear quite a bit that 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 President Obama actually created this great economy that that Trump inherited. But, you know, you, you can get online. I think it was Mick Mulvaney that did a, uh, a presentation <clears throat> and you can look at charts and, and, and they've measured everything from uh, business investment, um, consumer confidence. There, there are a number of metrics where. Throughout the entire Obama administration tenure, the numbers went straight down on this graph. And those numbers didn't reverse until the first quarter of President Trump's tenure in office. So it's not an opinion that the Trump economy is the Trump economy and was not inherited from his predecessor. It's an empirical reality. So when when people say those types of things, it's funny to hear and it's a great talking point. But the fact of the matter is you can look at the data across almost every single metric and you can see the point where everything turned around and that's when love him or hate him there there are a lot of reasons why people don't like the president but you you cannot say with uh you cannot say with a degree of truth that the economy that we have right now was inherited from barack obama david did you have something you want to finish with a rebuttal real quick 45 seconds do you have anything uh yeah i would i would say that the um I want to give him an ad, adequate amount of time to talk. I, I felt like I was cutting him off on that one. So we'll give you a chance to talk. Uh, we're closing out this segment. Y'all make sure y'all call in 602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. I have David Panzarella in the studio, a 30-year trial lawyer, plaintiff, both plaintiff and defendant, or a defense attorney, New York liberal. And then I have Adrian Norman. He's the author of Art of the Steel. Adrian Norman has his book. Go look it up on Amazon. He is the conservative voice on the show. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Call in the next segment. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show, KTR 92.3. Hold the phone. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running. The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Man, I wish I, I, I could have had it running the whole time. We, I think we have our best debates between Adrian and David when we on commercial break. So, so, so anyway, man, you're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show if you're just checking in every Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, make sure you call in 602-277-KTAR, 602-277-KTAR. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation here um, because it, we're, we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff that I think is invaluable to communicate because we have uh, David Panzarella, who is a New York liberal, and then we have when I say New York, New York liberal, I mean like maybe the original liberals, like the people who actually, in my personal opinion, cared about this country. They're not so far left that they want everybody to pay 80 percent in taxes and all the stuff that, that are proposed by the uh, Democrats that we see on stage today. Now, I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. Uh, Adrian, 
Who is the most likely candidate to run against President Trump? Who's the most likely candidate, in your opinion? (sighs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I mean, they all suck, in my opinion, but who's the most likely? I don't really care because they don't really have a strong candidate. I'll put it to you this way, though. The only candidate who has a realistic shot of beating President Trump isn't in the race. And her name is Michelle Obama. She's the only person who could run on the Democratic side that would present a realistic threat to his reelection. I, I, I would I would agree to that. You know, Hillary has no chance, even though she's uh, she's acting like she want to fall over the fence and lose again in 2020. Um, none of the Democrats have a chance at this point, in my personal opinion. I was wondering um, at the Iowa caucus, will somebody emerge? Will they, will they bring in uh, Michelle Obama? Clearly, clearly Bernie. He should have get screwed why, over like why, he did last year. Why would Michelle Obama ever put herself through? I'm not what saying her she went through. I'm not saying she will. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying she should. No. Uh, what well, her husband went all, through? All I'm saying though, oh she's probably the only person what, on the Democrat Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Actually, wait a minute. What her husband went through? I what Trump is going through? I feel like that that Ob- Barack Obama was babied, was loved on. The media never said anything bad about him. He gave pallets of money to Iran or Iran uh, in the middle of the night with different currencies, and they used some of that money to then bomb and kill Americans. And nobody said nothing. So let me get to the caller. We, we have a caller, um, Tammy from Chandler. She want to talk about uh, President Trump. Tammy, welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show. What do you have? Tammy, do I have you in? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay, great. So I just wanted to say that if any intelligent person were to look at the situation in this country and lived it, you know, survived and grew and and, uh, got better and their kids were doing well and not everybody is doing wonderful, but a lot of people are doing wonderful. And so if you were to look at a situation like that, why on earth would you want to put someone in charge that would want to tear that down? You don't change it horses make midstream. Any sense to me. Yeah, so uh, I'm saying, Tammy, are you are you referring to why would you want to put Trump in? Oh, the Democrats. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, Donald Trump is the best thing that ever happened to this country. He's not perfect. You know, he hasn't done everything right. But you know, it's so nice for the first time, and I can't remember to be growing. Wow. Growing. I love it. I, I love it. Like. David want to respond. David want to respond to you. David uh, Panzarella in the studio want to respond to you. I, uh, okay. I I would say that Donald Trump is the exact president this country deserves. So we deserve the best. I, I agree. I agree. The greatest so country deserve the best. The greatest so country on planet because, Earth. Yep, that's right. That's right. And we do have the. We don't have the best, but we are getting better all the time. And if you're getting better, you don't try to replace that with something that wants to tear that down and anybody with any common sense whatsoever would just know that yeah i agree with you, know, you Tammy. Just know that i agree with <laughs> you, you. Have to agree with everything <laughs> yeah thank you thank you so much for calling in i appreciate the commentary make sure you uh check you us bet. out next week thank you so i i mean i agree with tammy on that because i mean think about this for a minute you don't have to like a lot of people. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this: ninety percent of people that you talk to, you say you don't like President Trump. Why? And then they they, they draw a blank. Oh, because uh, uh, he said illegals are rapists. No, he didn't. Goodness gracious! Listen to what the man said. 
He said that they are sending some of these people in our in, into our country and they're not sending their best. Some of these people are rapists. Obviously, look at sex trafficking that is going on between the southern border. I was a police officer in Tucson. It is legitimate issues coming coming from the Mexico border. If it wasn't bad, then why don't people go to Mexico then? Why do they want to come to America? They come from South America and then they come through Mexico and jump right into America. No, they, come on. Let's, let's keep it 100. President Trump, I believe, has done so much on a world stage. Look at Iran. They tried to call our bluff and look at how they ended up. Look at how Iran ended up. They killed more people. <laughs> They killed more of their own citizens than they did against America. And they supposedly did a a, a actual strike against a, a, the American military base to, to retaliate for Qasem Soleimani. Fifty some people died at his funeral, which they forced their citizens to go to. And then they end up shooting down a plane and then they end up hitting the military base and, and killing no American citizens, killing no American troops. Donald Trump punked them on, in, in front of the whole world. And now what? They get on TV crying, say they don't want war. And everybody want to talk about President Trump. If this was Obama, we'd be, we'd be going to war and we'd be, he'd be out there kissing the rear end of some of these people. Let me play a clip for you because I, I want to talk about this quid pro quo. Everybody keep talking about Trump. I want you to hear what Joe Biden said. And I want both of y'all to respond to this. Adrian and David, I want y'all to respond to this, this uh, video clip of Joe Biden. Genko and from I was going to suppose they'd prosecute her, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a. <laughs> got fired. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. All right, let me stop that clip. So, I mean, uh, come on. He gave him a time limit. He gave him, he held money over their head, a billion dollars in loan guarantees. Said, if you don't fire this prosecutor, you're not going to get the money. And what do you know? He gave him a time period. And then they fired the prosecutor and they gave him the money. That is... That is quid pro quo. If you look it up, you'll see Joe Biden facing Hunter Biden in there uh, uh, doing a high five. Adrian, do you think that that's a quid, that's an example of a quid pro quo what you heard Joe Biden say? I mean, it's a very it's a very clear. We got about three minutes. Quid pro Joe. And it, <laughs> it's the exact type of comment that justifies calls for investigations into potential corruption under the treaty that we've had with the Ukraine since 1998. For 20 years, we've had a treaty with them to investigate corruption. So when you have a former vice president of the United States making such incendiary comments at uh, the CFR meeting on video, I don't know how any person uh, thinking rationally would say that there was no grounds to investigate uh, Vice President Biden under those pretenses at all. Well, well, then do it. So why is it that when when Donald Trump's running for president and never once did you ever hear about the Bidens being corrupt ever? Oh, no, no, no. We, we have. No, 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 you, no. You have, they have never been under investigation. They have never. Burisma has never been brought up. And Hunter Biden has never been brought up in any investigation until now. That's what you that's what your of argument course. is. Of course. Of course. At, at what point did, did I? I was there, shocked when people said uh, Biden's corrupt and everybody knows. You were like, David, Dave. Dave, Dave I, I, there, I, there were meetings with. There I were, watch there Fox were meetings News. with. I'm, I'm waiting for it on Fox <laughs> News. Never once. 
that's reported <laughs> ever. Adrian, go Look, ahead. Ukrainian officials requested meetings to discuss this bef- before these phone calls with Trump and Zelensky even they, took place. They investigate this under Barack Obama. These investigations, systemic, that these investigations and preceded the phone call between Trump and Zelensky, either phone call. Every Every country in the European Union agreed that that prosecutor must go. Now, at what point did Biden go, hey, listen, I got this billion dollars, but I'm not going to give it to you um, because I want you to investigate my political enemy? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. Let me me, me finish with this. People keep saying that Trump wanted uh, Ukraine to investigate his political enemy. First and foremost, the president of the United States have every right to have an investigation done Related to corruption. Joe Biden, Mr. I can't remember where I'm at. My dentures are falling out. There's no way I'm going to win an election. I'm, I'm telling people to vote for another candidate at, at my at my town halls. It, he ain't even in the competition with President Trump. He... He ain't going to beat Trump. So, so why he, he's, not, he's not even a nominee. He, so, he, so he why, wasn't even a nominee. So why are you so undisciplined, Donald Trump, that you know that Joe Biden is n- not really your rival? Because it's legit corruption. Why, why would you be so undisciplined as to have that Ukraine call? Why? Because of Rudy Giuliani. He has no business, no business being in that White House. He gave him poor advice. He should never have had that phone call. No one was impeaching anybody. There was nothing until wrong with the call. How do you have the arrogance not to realize there might be somebody in the room, uh, a whistleblower? How do you have the arrogance to think that there's somebody in the room that might blow the whistle? You don't have... That's exactly what happened. Well, because because you weren't doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. I want you to look into the Bidens. I want you. He didn't mention Biden. He didn't mention Joe Biden first. Read the transcripts. Read the transcripts. They mentioned mentioned Joe Biden first. I believe so. You know that transcript was a summary, right? And and I also know that people on the National Security Council said it was a very accurate representation of the actual phone call. I'd love to see the transcript. And I'd love to hear the video. I'll pull it up right now. I got my cell phone. You got yours. Let's put it up on your phone so you can save it when we get done. We got about a minute left. And we don't have the audio either. We got about a minute left. I'm going to finish it out. Okay. So I think it's, you know, I hear both sides, but I just, I think it's invaluable to understand facts in this situation in my personal opinion there was nothing on the phone call uh president trump first of all even if you listen to the phone call aid was withheld but the ukrainian government didn't know the aid was withheld how do you do a quid pro quo with somebody that don't know nothing going on how, how do you how do you have a bargaining chip see with biden he told them Loan guarantees, he gave them the money, gave them the time, they did what he said. How are you going to do a quid pro quo with somebody that don't even know what's going on? How are you going to force them to take an action they don't know nothing is being withheld? So I'll end it with that, man. I want y'all to come back. You're listening to uh, uh, Adrian Norman, David Panzarella. He's a lawyer. Adrian is an author. Art of the Steel. Go look it up on Amazon. You're listening to the Brandon Tatum Show, man. Y'all come back next week, 6 p.m., and we're going to keep it raw and uncut, man. I love y'all. God bless y'all. I'll see y'all on the next one. Peace. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope. Thinking where I live. Another 24. I got to go because I got me a drop top.